Borida, good morning. Thank you for joining us on the first Sunday of Advent. It's good to have your company. Today, some of our wardens will be taking part in the service. Roddy, Phil and Moira will be reading for us and Dan will be leading us in prayer. It's good too to have the company of Reverend Mark Thomas as our guest speaker today. Mark is new to the diocese and was a student at the same time as me in Cambridge many years ago. It's good to have him with us this morning. So let's begin our service with the special prayer of the church for today, the Collect. Almighty God, give us grace to put away the works of darkness and to put on the armour of light, now in this mortal life, in which your Son Jesus Christ came to us in great humility, that on the last day, when he shall come again in great majesty to judge the living and the dead, we may raise with him to life immortal. Through him, who is alive and reigns with you in the unity of the Holy Spirit, one God, now and forever. Amen.
The reading comes from Jeremiah 33, verses 14 to 16. The days are coming, declares the Lord, when I will fulfill the good promise that I made to the people of Israel and Judah. In those days and at that time, I will make a righteous branch sprout from David's line. He will do what is just and right in the land. In those days, Judah will be saved and Jerusalem will live in safety. This is the name by which it will be called, the Lord, our righteous Saviour. These are the words of the Lord. Thanks be to God. A reading from 1 Thessalonians chapter 3, starting at verse 9. How can we thank God enough for you in return for all the joy we have in the presence of our God because of you? Night and day we pray most earnestly that we may see you again and supply what is lacking in your faith. Now may our God and Father himself and our Lord Jesus clear the way for us to come to you. May the Lord make your love increase and overflow for each other and for everyone else, just as ours does for you. May he strengthen your hearts so that you will be blameless and holy in the presence of our God and Father. And when our Lord Jesus comes, with all his holy ones. This is the word of the Lord. Thanks be to God. Today's Gospel reading is from Luke, chapter 21, verses 25 to 36. There will be signs in the sun, moon and stars. On the earth, nations will be in anguish and perplexity at the roaring and tossing of the sea. People will faint from terror, apprehensive of what is coming on the world, for the heavenly bodies will be shaken. At that time, they will see the Son of Man coming in a cloud with power and great glory. When these things begin to take place, stand up and lift up your heads, because your redemption is drawing near. He told them this parable. Look at the fig tree and all the trees. When they sprout leaves, you can see for yourselves and know that summer is near. Even so, when you see these things happening, you know that the kingdom of God is near. Truly, I tell you, this generation will certainly not pass away until all these things have happened. Heaven and earth will pass away, but my words will never pass away. Be careful or your hearts will be weighed down with carousing, drunkenness and the anxieties of life. And that day will close on you suddenly like a trap. For it will come on all those who live on the face of the whole earth. Be always on the watch and pray that you may be able to escape all that is about to happen and that you may be able to stand before the Son of Man.
Well, Borada, it is a joy um, to be with you today. And um, just to say, I've known Adrian for um, over 10 years now, and Adrian and Claire are wonderful friends uh, of ours. They're very encouraging. They're very inspiring people. So I know I'm a bit biased, but I would say you're very blessed to have Adrian as your vicar. I actually pray on a weekly basis with Adrian. Um, and so I, I know everything that Adrian says about you behind your back. And you know what he says? Really nice things. Really nice things. Actually, it, 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 and it really does genuinely sound like these are exciting times in Gorsainen. Um, these are churches full of vision, looking um, to grow. Adrian was telling me how you're writing homegrown songs, which is always a sign of the Holy Spirit at work in a place. And you've been praising God in the park, which is absolutely brilliant. In fact, that's, that's both a really powerful and a really prophetic thing to be doing because God designed this world to be full of singing and joy and praise. And actually, that is a very prophetic act, I would say, that you're up to. Um, now, I just wanted to share two things that I have in common with Adrian, and one thing um, I don't. One is that I love Wales. Um, I've, in fact, always been a supporter of Wales in the Six Nations from a young age, thanks to my dad. Um, secondly, I would like to say that I'm also, like Adrian, from fine Welsh stock. Um, so um, I have Newport, Abergavenny, and Mountain Ash in my blood as well. And my mum may be a bit biased, but she says that the Noonan family of Mountain Ash are world famous in the valleys. But unlike Adrian, I have not been immortalised in the history of Wales. You see, before Kylie and I moved to Wales um, to, to get more familiar, we, listened to the, to, we watched the whole BBC um, six-episode story of Wales. And we got to, I think it was episode three, and then suddenly there was your vicar, Adrian. So he is not even 40, and he is indelibly written into Welsh history. Well, it is good to be with you, as I said, and I've got a question to begin with. Do you believe in restoration? Do you believe in restoration? Do you believe that people's lives can be turned around? Do you believe that when a life has gone wrong, whether through bad decisions or through things just not working out that are beyond someone's control, do you believe that there is still hope? See, with so many stories I hear, it feels like it's the opposite of hope. Many people start off with big hopes for their lives, but then the hardships come, and the disappointments, and the tragedies. And depression, or cynicism, or alcoholism, or something else take over and never lets go, casting a long, unbroken shadow over the second half of people's lives. And the tragic thing is that this happens far too often. But I ask, does it have to be that way? Do you believe that there is hope, even for people who have lost hope? Do you believe that broken hearts can be healed? Do you believe that lives can be restored? Now this may be a very personal question for you today. Maybe right now you are going through a really painful time. Or maybe it's someone you know and love who is. We see what's interesting in our first Old Testament reading is that one of the greatest prophecies of the Bible came at the very worst of times. It was in the days of Jeremiah, and this was after centuries of rebellion against God. Israel, or actually the southern kingdom of Judah, was on the brink of disaster. They had pushed God to the last resort of the covenant, to exile and expulsion from the promised land. So it was the worst of times. 
But into that worst of times came the most spectacular promise of hope. A promise that still stands today. And so from our readings today, we're going to see three things about hope. The source of hope, the community of hope, and the urgency of hope. The source, the community, and the urgency of hope. First of all, the source of hope. Here's the promise, Jeremiah 33, verse 15. In those days and at that time, I, the Lord, will make a righteous branch sprout from David's line. He will do what is just and right in the land. In those days, Judah will be saved. Do you see what the promise is? First, it's the promise of a future king. Jeremiah gives it the cryptic name, the branch. But it's very clear that that is a king because it says the branch will come from David's line, the line of kings. So the source of hope is a king who will come. And then secondly, it's the promise of a saviour. In those days, Judah will be saved. Not in those days, Judah will be highly educated. Not in those days, Judah will be better than other people. In those days, Judah will be saved. The source of hope is a king and a saviour. Hope comes in the form of a saviour king. That's how God brings hope, both then and now. And did you notice the paradox in the details? Jeremiah says, he will do what is just and right in the land, and the people will be saved. He will do what's right, and we will be saved. Somehow, his goodness, his righteousness, his moral character, not ours, would lead to our salvation. And of course, the New Testament then reveals how that is possible in the life and the death and the resurrection of Jesus. And this really is good news. First of all, because this means that the hope is for anyone and everyone. If it doesn't depend on us, on our goodness, on our performance, but on the goodness of a saviour, then this hope is for anyone, even people on the brink of despair, even people who feel like a total failure. Remember that this promise came to Judah at their lowest moment, where they had broken God's covenant again and again and again. They'd, been, they'd offended God, they'd oppressed the poor, they'd forgotten love and compassion and justice in the most extreme ways. The most catastrophic failure. And this hope comes to them. And so this hope can still come to people in their very lowest moment. I think of my friend Robert, who, had, who has had such a tragic background in his life, including um, and later spent time in prison. His former partner won't let him see his son, who he adores. But in one of his lowest moments, we became friends. And he came and joined me on an Alpha course. And he experienced the most wonderful transformation. He was filled with joy along the way, to the point where he was even singing on London buses. He just couldn't stop himself. He made people laugh all around him, because he was just so full of new joy. I think of a lady, I'll call her Gwyneth, um, who I met the other day. and She's got a lovely twinkle in her eye, and she was sharing her story with me at church. She said how in her 20s she got married, but then that marriage fell apart. And so she moved back to Wales and had to bring up her children by herself. She had never wanted that. She'd never imagined that her life would work out that way. But one day one of her colleagues started to talk, talk to her about faith and Jesus. 
And whenever the boss went out of the room, they would talk some more. And then one day, her colleague invited her along to a Christian meeting. And she heard a talk about Jesus, and she loved it. And just before she left, her friend said, why don't you pray this prayer now and invite Jesus into your heart? And she did. And then she got in the car and dashed off home. But as she was driving home, this profound peace and joy came upon her. And she also found that people, were, people started smiling at her. And, and she asked, why is everyone smiling at you? And, and they said, well, it's because you're smiling at everyone. She had been filled with this new joy in her lowest moment. God had given her new hope. And that joy has remained both with her and with Robert. The worst of times became the best of times. Do you know someone who is going through the worst of times? Are you that someone? Well, then this hope is for you. And this hope comes in the form of a saviour king. So let me ask you this. Has the saviour king become your saviour king? And if he has, do you love him? And are you growing in your love for him? And are you doing all you can to keep growing a life of love and worship and joy in your saviour king? Because he is the source of hope. Secondly, the community of hope. This hope is no private hope. It is a hope to be shared and experienced and enjoyed in community. We see this in the 1 Thessalonians reading. And what is so striking in this reading is how much Paul loves the church. So in verse 9, he says, How can we thank God enough for you, Thessalonians? How much joy we have in the presence of our God because of you. Night and day we pray most earnestly that we may see you again. May your love overflow for each other just as our love does for you. Paul loved the church, the community of the Saviour King, the community of hope. In fact, it brought him so much joy that when he was separated from it, it was like his heart had been torn out. And he says he prays most earnestly, and actually the Greek is even stronger, it says exceedingly abundantly he prays to see them again, simply to see them again. And I know that someone, the idea of someone loving church this much may seem like a strange thing at first to people. But when you experience church as it is meant to be, a fully functioning community of hope, overflowing with love and thankfulness and joy, then church is magnetic. This was actually my experience um, when at age 19 I went from being just a sort of Sunday churchgoer to a 24-7 follower of Jesus. And when that happened, I, I, it was strange to me as well, but I couldn't get enough of church. Church was, it was just so joyful because there was so much to, to sing about. I, I, I also found a richness of friendships that I'd never known before, even though I'd had good friendships. It was just like it went to another level with church. And it was a community that was so purposeful as well, partnering together with God, God himself in his mission. You see, church as it is meant to be, is amazing and life-giving and powerful. And you miss it when you're away from it. You miss it so much you pray like Paul does in verse 11. Lord, clear the way. Clear anything that's getting in the way of us seeing each other together again. And I know some people didn't miss church during all the lockdowns of the past two years. But if they didn't miss it, 
Well, chances are they have never yet experienced Christian fellowship and mission as it's meant to be. Maybe because church was only Sundays, but nothing more. So let me ask you, do you love church as Paul did? Does your love overflow for your Christian brothers and sisters? And are you actively building up this church? Are you doing everything you can to enrich her life and advance her mission? And yes, I know there are still restrictions and safety precautions and it is frustrating still. But it's important that our desire and commitment to both fellowship and mission doesn't dwindle. It may be harder work, but when things got harder work for Jesus, his commitment to us didn't dwindle and we follow him. But then positively, when everyone is giving their best to Christian fellowship, there's nothing like it. And love overflows. And when everyone is playing their full part in the church's mission, hope overflows. Lives are restored. The community of hope gets bigger and bigger and bigger. And the songs, including your songs in the park, get louder and louder and louder. The community of hope. That's what you're called to be part of. And then thirdly, the urgency of hope. The urgency of hope. In the Gospel reading, Luke 21, the Lord Jesus reminds us of the urgency of hope. He says, verse 27, A day is coming when the whole world will see the Son of Man, that's him, coming in a cloud with power and great glory. And then in verse 36, he says, Be always on the watch. And pray that you may be able to escape all that is about to happen and that you may be able to stand before the Son of Man. That day is coming, whether we like it or not. And so the question is, how can we be ready for that day? How can we stand on that day of judgment? Well, we can stand if and only if we have a Saviour King. If the judge is also our saviour. And Jesus says, be always on the watch. And in the Bible, watchmen are not just looking out for themselves, but for everyone, making sure everyone hears about the hope that is on offer. It's not usually through a megaphone. Most people don't actually listen if you get a megaphone out and start shouting at them. But everyone needs to hear in a way that they can engage with and through a person that they can engage with. Jesus tells the community of hope that there is an urgency to hope and that everyone needs Jesus because everyone needs a saviour on that day. And so Jesus asks us today, do you love the lost? Do I? Do we love the lost like Jesus does? Jesus who came to seek and save the lost and calls us to partner with him in that. Does your heart break for those who don't yet know the hope that you know? Are you doing all that you can as an individual and as a church to help people discover the Saviour King? Hope is real. Restoration is possible. Even for people going through the worst of times who think they're beyond hope, who never imagined that God would still be interested in them. And the best news of all is this, is what Jesus did what Jesus suffered to make hope possible. Because on the cross, Jesus went through the worst of times to save us. He suffered more than we can possibly imagine. 
Worse than the most terrible nightmare. Worse than the sum of all the most painful experiences we have ever been through. Cut off from God, from community, from love, from hope, for us. Paying the terrible cost of our sin and rebellion so that he could be our saviour king. Jesus went through the worst of times to give us hope and an eternal future greater than we can possibly imagine. Here is hope. Here is love. Here is the Saviour King. And there is no better time than Christmas to make him known. Amen.
Let us pray. Let us humble ourselves to pray to the King of the universe. Most gracious and loving Heavenly Father, we come in humility before your holy presence in the name of our dear Lord Jesus Christ with our prayers and our petitions. Open our eyes, open our hearts, open our ears to your Holy Spirit. We pray for spiritual wisdom and understanding to know you better. Thank you as we remember in this season the gift of your Son who brought us good news by his birth, his death and his resurrection. He is coming again soon, so get yourselves ready. Lord, in your mercy, hear our prayer. O Lord, the great and awesome God, who always fulfill his covenant and keep his promises of unfailing love to those who love him and obey his commands. Forgive us for the wrongs we have done. Forgive us that we have rebelled against your commands and regulations. But even now, our God is merciful and forgiving, even though we have not followed your prophets and instructions. So Lord, in your mercy, hear our prayer. Thank you, Lord, for all who honor, praise, and revere your glorious name and words. Thank you, Lord, for being a light and hope in this dark season. Help us to be still in your house of prayer and be a people keen to be in your presence. Lord, of our time, our wealth, and our world, help us to realize it's all on loan to us to steward it and you are our saviour, who bought us our salvation. Lord, in your mercy, hear our prayer. Merciful God, we pray for our Bishop, Reverend John Lomas, Reverend Adrian, Reverend Andrew, Reverend Glenn, to be a voice in the dark and in darkness and misunderstandings. We pray your vision and mission to be fulfilled in our churches and in our communities. Lord, we thank you for our families, for our friends and neighbors. We thank you for volunteers and Mother's Union around the world who continue to bless us with their inspiring work. We pray you continue to bless them with health, wisdom, and favor. Thank you, Lord, for the generosity of many who support the food banks, and the many charities around the world. Lord, in your mercy, hear our prayer. Lord, we pray for gender-based violence around the world, especially against women and girls, to come to an end. We pray for the homeless, the refugees, the depressed families, the sick, the, the displaced families, the sick, in our church family and in our community. Lord, we pray for the anxious, the lonely, the bereaved, the depressed, the suicidal, the prisoners, the drug addicts. We pray for all types of disability, including the blind, the sick, the deaf, and the dumb, and all who are in our hearts that need our prayers today. Lord, we pray for all those who, have, who will breathe their last this minute. Please give them comfort, healing, and peace in their afflictions. Lord, in your mercy, hear our prayer. 
Lord, we pray for all leaders in world churches, world governments, world science, and peacemakers, that they will be blessed with wisdom, knowledge, and revelation to make the, de to make the decisions that you will honor, to be good stewards, to bring change for good in the world, to use the resources you have given us wisely to educate the future generations to do the same. As you are a good God who doesn't tolerate waste, poor stewardship, and unfair authority, as discipline will be the outcome. Thank you, Lord, for all the prayers. and petitions on our behalf for all who revere your holy name. Lord, in your mercy, hear our prayer. Lord, we pray for those who read your word and don't understand your meaning, and by putting their own interpretation changes the true meaning. Let us by so doing understand we will be disciplined. So we seek you now, Lord, to fall afresh on us and kindle in us the fire of your love through our Holy Spirit, to bear fruit in our lives. Lord, in your mercy, hear our prayer. And finally, from Ephesians 1 verse 3, God decided in advance to adopt us into his own family by bringing us to, re to himself through Jesus Christ. This is what he wanted to do, and it gave him great pleasure. Merciful Father, Accept these prayers for the sake of your Son, our Saviour, Jesus Christ, who continues to intercede for us. Amen.
Thank you once again for joining us and to everyone who's taken part in the service today. Remember, as I said last week, that we're going to be journeying together through Advent, following some reflections by Tim Chester, The One True Light. If you'd like a copy of the book, please do get in touch. They are available. They're very warm, encouraging and insightful meditations based on John's Gospel. And they take us closer to Jesus and help us to have a deeper meaning of the Christmas message. So again, if you'd like to get a copy, do get in touch. Remember too that throughout the week we're here for you to help and support you in any way. If there is anything that we can do for you, again, get in touch. Let me pray then for God's blessing on us as we begin this week together. The peace of God which passes all understanding, keep your hearts and your minds in the knowledge and love of God and of his Son, Jesus Christ our Lord. And the blessing of God Almighty, the Father, the Son, and the Holy Spirit be upon us and remain with us always. Amen. Amen.